Well, this evening I'd like to talk about something that actually I, we have studied before, but I feel I never do uh, um, express it as clearly as I would like to. Um, it's not anything new, but I'd like to talk about Nazarite. And Nazarite is not just because somebody comes from Nazareth. Uh, everybody that comes from Nazareth was not a Nazarite. Uh, but but a, a Nazarite, and let me just say this before we start, because this is, Nazarite is all about separation. That's what, that's what it's all about, Nazarite. It's, it's all about separation. As we go through, I don't lose sight of that if I'm going here or there or whatever. It's about separation, the different parts of it. Even the, the hair and the razor, it's all about separation. So if we can keep that in mind, uh, that'll help uh, maybe me ex express myself on that. So Nazarites, who, who, who were they? And you know, what was the purpose? What would be, what's the characteristic of a Nazarite? Uh, and then, as always, as we look at this in the Old Testament, is it just history? Does it mean anything to us today? And brethren and sisters, as we, as we look at the scriptures, as we look at the Old Testament, never forget the New Testament is just the Old Testament revealed. Everything, you know, it's not just history. It's there. It happened. It is history. But we want to see the application. How does that apply to us today? And it's always there if the Lord will reveal it to us. Uh, so the Nazarite, there's two different Hebrew, if you look it up in the, uh, in the Hebrew, there's two different Hebrew words makes up the word Nazarite, and I'll give you those. Uh, the first one would be pronounced something like uh, uh, Nazar. It means to separate, to abstain from food, drink, and impurity, or be set apart. So that's one of the words that makes up this word Nazarite. The other one is Nazir, means separate. That is consecrate, to set apart for sacred purposes. So you can still see a separation here. It's always a separation with Nazarite. It's all about separation. Uh, separate from common use to sacred use. So Nazarite, if you even take the words that makes it up, it's all about separation. And uh, so we want to keep that in mind. Actually, the word Nazarite can be used, was used figuratively. You know, on the, the grape harbors, stuff like that, you know, the, the grape, you know, they always trim them back every year and everything, you know, to make the, the grape harvest and everything like that. I mean, they trim them back severely. And uh, if there's one unpruned, maybe like, grass in the summer, if you get behind on mowing grass, it gets kind of tall and everything. The word Nazarite was used as a slang. Uh, that would be a Nazarite grapevine if it wasn't pruned. It'd be, uh, well, just not pruned. They used it figuratively. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have brought that out. So Nazarite, yeah, all parts of it means separation. Separation. Uh, we'll see that there's two different kinds of Nazarite. There's one, uh, Nazarite for life. And there's another, they would take a vow of a Nazarite for a period of time. And again, as, you, as we look at that, 
Uh, and we may not go into the, well, we may or may not go into the, the partial. Yeah, I think we will a little bit. But anyway, it's all about separation. All about separation on the literal Nazarite. But what about us? Still, still going to be about separation from something. Uh, so, uh, Samuel was a Nazarite. Uh, and he was going to be a, a Nazarite for life. And uh, uh, Samuel's mother, and I haven't studied this way, but uh, at least some of the Nazarites, the mothers were barren until they were born. So Samuel's mother was, was barren, and uh, she says, I'll, I'll give unto the Lord... Uh, you know, this son all the days of his life. And, uh, and, there, and, and there shall be no razor come to his head. Well, what's razor got to do with it, you know? Not going to get a haircut ever. I think uh, hair and beard. No razor was ever to come to his, his head. And we'll see that's also has to be separation. Still separation. Uh, I remember someone a long time ago said that, uh, and they meant it in a good way, because you see pictures of Jesus and nobody knows what he looks like, and uh, she meant it in a nice way. This is back, oh, maybe 70s or 60s or something, and she says, my Lord didn't have long hair. In other words, he's not a hippie and things like that. Well, I, I, I beg to differ. Uh, he wasn't as right, <clears throat> and certainly uh, he did. I think I'm getting off topic a little bit. But even there at last, when they come, this plucking the beard out and everything, I believe that was mockery. It wasn't just causing pain. You're not an Azurite. You're not set apart by God. You're a Beelzebub. I haven't studied it that way, but I think we probably could. There's a lot more in that. So anyway, uh, Samuel was to be a Nazarite for life. His mom, as soon as he was weaned, gave her into the priesthood and so forth. Uh, or to the priest to do service in a tabernacle. But he was a, a uh, Nazarite uh, for life. So then Samson, you remember Samson and Delilah. Samson also was, was going to be a Nazarite. And let's go maybe in the book of Judges, let's go look at that. Uh, way back there uh, before Kings and Samuel and, and, and all that. Book of Judges, chapter... 13, it's after Joshua, Judges chapter 13, we don't go there too often, but we're going to look a little about uh, Samson. Verse 2 says, and there was a certain man of Zorah, the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren. And bore not. So here's another one. She was, she was barren. And again, we may find a lot more uh, than that. But anyway, so she was barren. Uh, this, was, this was going to be the, the firstborn uh, of her. Um, and then let's skip over to verse 5. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God. From the womb. 
And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So here, Nazarite from the womb. This is going to be a lifetime, not taking a vow for a period of time. Nazarite for life. And then no razor shall come on his head. Going to have long hair to beard. Wasn't to cut it. Neither was Samuel. So that's, that's a mark of the Nazarite. But again, what difference does that make? We'll see it all has to do with separation as well. Uh, and then uh, still on this uh, uh, Samson, let's go over to chapter 16. And so this is where, you know, uh, let's see, 16. Oh, I was in the wrong chapter. Okay. So, you know, this is where, I, you know, we skip ahead. We've got Samson and Delilah here. And, and you know, she was a Philistine and wanted to uh, find out what all his strength was and everything. And we won't, we won't go to all that, but let's go to verse uh, 15. Well, let's go to verse 16. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed to death. She wanted to know, where's your strength come from? Where's your strength come from? That he told her all his heart and said unto her, there had not a razor upon mine head, or come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I shaved, if I am shaved, then my strength will go from me, and shall become weak, and be like any other man. So, if he become like any other man, no separation anymore, is there? He was separated. He wasn't like other men. But if he, if he loses that separation, be like any other man. And that's important as well. And certainly it was, uh, it was true. Uh, verse 18. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, uh, Come up this once, for he has shown me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought her money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and uh, she caused him to shave off the seven locks off of his head, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines are upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he knew not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, bound him with feathers and bronze, and he did uh, grind in the prison house. Now we know if you go all the way to the end of it, his hair grows long again and he pulls the pillars in, kills all the Philistines and stuff like that. But Again, that, uh, that hair, getting a haircut. If a razor came upon his head, and let me, let me say this. Let, let me call it this, and this will help. He was to be separate. One of the ways razor wasn't to touch his head. So let's, to help me explain myself, let's call it the head of separation. We will, so we won't say a hair with long hair or anything like that, which it is, but let's call it the head of separation. Samuel had it. 
It was taken away, then it came back. Samuel, we don't uh, have any record of him losing his, but he had the head of separation. Separate him. Uh, So when he lost that, when Samson lost that separation, the enemy prevailed against him, put his eyes out, couldn't see. Again, we know it came back, and he destroyed more Philistines then than he did all the days that he had lived, I believe it says. So again, what, what could be the significance uh, today uh, of Nazarite? You can still think about it. We won't go there yet. But let's go to the book of, of uh, Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. And I think we'll see uh, about a vow of the Nazarite. Numbers chapter 6. And uh, so we're, we're uh, learning about uh, Nazarite here, some more things about them. And uh, let's start in verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either a man or a woman shall separate themselves, to a vow of a Nazarite to separate themselves unto the Lord. That goes by the very definition that we gave them, those two words, separate, set apart for uh, sacred purposes. So this is talking about uh, a temporary vow of a Nazarite. But they are to be, they, they separate themselves. They are to be separate. Verse uh, 3. And he shall separate himself Again, there's a separation, but here goes a little more. Uh, from wine, strong drink, shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dried. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, from the kernels even to the husk. And all the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head until the days be fulfilled in which he separated himself unto the Lord. He shall be holy and shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. All the days that he separated himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or his mother, for his brother or for his sister when they die, because the consecration of God is upon his head. All the days of his separation, he is holy unto the Lord. And if any man die very suddenly by him, so in other words, before maybe a scheduled thing, a family, stuff like that, he couldn't go to the funeral, he couldn't be near them. But now, okay, well, what happens if somebody just falls out of the sky and hits you and dies or they die or something like that? If any man die very suddenly by him, and he hath defiled the head of his consecration, 
Then he shall shave his head in the day of his cleansing. On the seventh day shall he shave it. And on the eighth day shall bring uh, two turtle doves or two young pigeons to the priest to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall offer the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering and make an atonement for him because he sinned by the dead and shall hallow his head that same day. So he'd sinned by being with the dead. He defiled his separation. And he shall consecrate unto the Lord the days of his separation, and shall bring a lamb of the first year for a trespass offering by the day that were, uh, uh, but the days that were before shall be lost because his separation was defiled. So have a vial of of a Nazarite, but if becomes unclean by this dead body, then all that's kind of stopped. And he has to start again if he wants to continue this vow. So, are there any separated unto the Lord today? So we look about Old Testament Nazarite. A lot of things there we look at. Of course, we know the Lord certainly was a Nazarite from birth. But is there any, what would be, what would, what would we look at today that one would be separate? And that's the main thing about Nazarite. They're separate. So what would be, what separates one today? We let our hair and beard grow. Would that make us a Nazarite? Not drink anything of the, of the vine or even grapes? Would that make us a Nazarite? What, what, would be a, what would be a separation today? Or is it just history? It doesn't mean anything today. Uh, I don't think I'll go there. Uh... But in uh, uh, Peter, says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. Certainly talking about the Lord's church. It tells him, you're a chosen generation. You're, you're separate. You're, you're different. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A holy nation. And it says, so, so that's, that's what they are. And then the purpose is that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So he tells them what they are, your chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And there's a purpose for that. That you'd show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Or separated you. From darkness into the marvelous light. So we see a separation. We see a separation there. Um, so Samson was a Nazarite and, and, and separated for a purpose, and we are separated for a purpose. It's rural priesthood, holy nation. 
uh, called you out of darkness to his marvelous light. Definitely uh, uh, separate. And uh, so then it says, uh, all the days of the separation. So back there, the uh, ones that took the temporary vow, all the days of their separation, they were to be, again, separate. And uh, they were not to, well, we read there, they were not to come across a dead body because that would devile their separation. So they were not come across a, a, a dead body. Uh, be separate from wine, strong drink, from the food, fruit of, of the vine. So what wine or fruit of the vine would a we'll just call modern day Nazarite B. What would they what would they separate from? Would it be okay we can't drink grape juice or wine or or Dolores and I kinda of started eating raisin bran recently. Uh, we have to cut that out, can't eat the fruit of the, the vine or raisins. So what would what would that be today? They they were to be separate from that. And even I don't think I, I read that part, but Samuel's mom while she was uh, uh, carrying Samuel, uh, she was to stay away from the, the vine, through the vine, all that, and wine, stuff like that as well. There are several scriptures, and we won't go to them. Uh, in the Old Testament, it talks about they were drunk, but not with wine, and they staggered, but not with strong drink. It was talking about they, they were drunk, uh, from false doctrine, from the earthly vine. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, a physical drunkenness necessarily. So they were drunk. They were staggering. But not with strong drink. Not with wine. But yet they, it, they, but yet they were drunk. So it would be false, false doctrine from the earthly vine. And I'm not talking about the literal grapevines. Uh, in Revelation, uh, we won't go there, but uh, it talks about being drunk with the wine of her fornication. Talking about Jezebel, who had been dead for hundreds or thousands of years, maybe. Uh, but anyway, uh, talks about some being made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And it also there speaks about the vine of the earth. The vine of the earth. And uh, for, said, uh, for her grapes are, are fully ripe and so forth. So what, what is it? What would this drunkenness be? Uh, sometimes you read in the scriptures, it's okay to drink wine. Sometimes in scriptures, definitely not. Drink of the vine. Is the scripture contra uh, contradicting itself? No. It's different wine. There's wine from the earthly vine with Jezebel. And then there's wine from the heavenly vine. I don't think I'll have time to go there either. In uh, uh, John, I believe, chapter 15, talks about uh, your... Uh, he's the vine, 
Here are the branches. So that's the heavenly vine. He's the vine, we're the branches. We, would, we don't produce fruit, we would only bear fruit. But that's a, that's a heavenly vine. Lord Jesus Christ is head of the church, head of the vine, of course. But so there's the vine there, and, and that, that wine is fine. And you can read in the scriptures, there, there's that, wine, that wine is okay. The wine from the heavenly vine is, is, is good for you, so to speak. So, modern-day Nazarite would drink from the heavenly vine, but not the earthly vine, not the earthly wisdom. Touch not, taste not, handle not. Something else uh, we saw about the Nazarite, uh, separate for service for God, and they would be uh, separated uh, their hair, wine, but from the dead. If one was to give that temporary vow of a Nazarite, and he come across the dead, somebody uh, said, how was it said? We don't want to use the word accident, but uh, it wasn't something that they planned. That, that ended it. And he had to offer sin offerings because it defiled his separation. So, let's, uh, actually, let me run back to our, uh, our text again here in, in uh, Numbers. Uh, 3 and 4 says, He shall separate himself from wine, strong drink. Drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat any uh, moist uh, grapes or dried. All the days of his separation. Shall we eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, from the kernels even to the husk? So, we that are called and separated, we are the ones that keep separate from this earthly vine. Not the heavenly vine where the Lord, he's the vine where the branches, not to keep the, the fruit. Well, let me, let me say this. So we, we have a parable there. He's the vine, we're the branches. We, we bear the He produces the fruit, of course. We would only be something that would bear the fruit. What do you, do you think it would be good wine that comes from that? And absolutely, absolutely. So uh, the ones that are, are separate, they are, they are to be separate from the earthly vine, but certainly the heavenly vine uh, is, is yes. So then in Numbers again, 6 and, and 5, all the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head. Let me say, a razor shall not come upon his head of separation. Uh, so he is to be uh, consecrated, separated of God. And that separation is upon his head. And we think hair is what we think, because we're talking about a razor and everything. And in uh, 
Let's see. Oh, yeah, on, the, on the verse 9. If any man die very suddenly by him, and yet defiled his head, or let me say, well, this says his head of consecration or his head of separation, then shall he shave his head. In the day of his cleansing, on the seventh day shall he shave it. So this is the head of his uh, uh, consecration. Verse 18, uh, And the Nazarite shall shave the head of his separation. So, again, I think as we look at the modern day Nazarite, or what it would mean as we would uh, look at it from the literal to the spiritual, don't look at his head with long hair. That, that's one way to look at it, but head of separation. Now, that long hair is, is, distinguishes that, but head of separation. But don't look at just hair with, with long hair on it, but look at the phrase, uh, single thing, Head of separation. That's what we want to think of when we no razor. Head of separation. And and no razor is to come upon it on his head. No razor is to come upon his head of separation because it would defile it. Just like the dead body. Now maybe we're uh, uh, trying to separate this a little too much. But when it talks about this and his head of separation, it says no razor shall come upon it. It doesn't say no scissors or no clippers. Now it goes without saying, but the word razor. Razor would be a, a knife or razor to alter, to remove, to make bare, to strip, to dispose of. So the word razor, that, that's what it means uh, in the Hebrew. But the definition is to alter, to remove. That's the definition of it. Or make bare, dispose of. So this razor then would dispose or do away with the head of separation. Razor, that which would dispose of head of separation. So we're talking now uh, uh, spiritual now, not back uh, in the Old Testament in the literal sense. So they were not to uh, touch a razor to their head or beard as well because it was disposed of their head of separation. And you say, well, you know, t- you have to cut the whole head off to dispose of it. No, if you if you cut if the if the hair is cut off, then the head of separation is disposed of. It's no longer it's no longer separate. So if the razor is not to touch, and that's what we saw in, in Samuel and Samson, and everything, the razor is not to touch that it remain separate. So razor would destroy this head of separation. No longer would no longer be separate. No longer be separate. So what's what's the sign of your separation? Long hair? Eat raisin bran with no raisins? What's what's the sign 
of our separation. How are we separated? That's, that's my point. How are we separated? How are we consecrated? What, sapor, what separates us for sacred purpose? We know the Nazarite, whether it be from birth or for life, wasn't to touch certain things, and that uh, uh, razor wasn't to touch the head. What is it that, separ- that would separate us in this day and age? What would set us apart for sep- sacred services? And when we see it, you say, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely we're separate. And let's go to Gospel John chapter 17. John chapter 17, which is a Lord's Prayer. What a blessing it is to, to study that and see that he, he prayed for us. But there's some things in here that uh, certainly shows separation. So what is it? What separates us? Long hair? Raisin bran without raisins? What, what separates us? John 17 and 14. I have given them thy word. And the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So, what separates us from the world? The word. I have given them thy word, and the world hated them. I uh, mentioned it so many times. Uh, There's a man on television he uh, said something about the book of Ephesians. He says, those Baptists didn't have the book of Ephesians. They wouldn't have anything. Well, a couple things. We do have the book of Ephesians, and we have the same thing written throughout the scriptures. But because the truth that, we, that we've been taught and caused to believe, the world doesn't, uh, uh, they hate us. You start talking about uh, the word Jesus Christ and, and, and grace and only one way and that's through Jesus Christ and it's grace then I say well you're saying you can just do whatever you want to do but the word that's what separates us 15 he says I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil keep them from the evil would be Keeping them separate. Uh, any Sunday morning, I usually we're getting ready, have the TV on, and you can hear the evil from some of these evangelists. Not sure what you want to call them, but they'll be talking about everything except giving honor and glory to the Lord. Tell you what all you have to do, or what all you can't do, and basically they base the salvation on that. Not giving any honor and glory to the Lord. Oh, they'll talk about how nice he is and everything. But, uh, so we are to be a Nazarite. That which separates us is the word. And we're to be separate from that evil. He, separate, he brings us out that separates us from that. And let me go on here in verse 16. Uh, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. Sanctify means set apart. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
Very plain there, isn't it? The Nazarite, we know how he was set apart. The hair, the grapes, etc., or lack of. So what sets a Nazarite apart today? Sanctify them. He's praying to the Father. Father, set them apart. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So long hair wouldn't separate us today. Not eating grapes wouldn't separate us today. But the truth certainly separates today. And, and we're hated because of it. Now we're, we live in a time where we're not uh, taken and crucified, put in prison for the truth. But certainly it is hated. But uh, not separated long hair, uh, but by the word. So as we, uh, as we uh, called, as we are called and separated to the service of the Lord, and not to allow that which would dispose of our separation come near to us. Back there, it was a razor. Today, it would be that wine from that earthly vine. It would be that evil doctrine giving honor and glory to man. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, you remember what happened to Samson when the razor disposed of his had a separation. He was as other men. Brothers and sisters, in this day and age, we don't want to be as other men. We, we don't want to join with them. Uh, we are to be separate. Uh, but he was, uh, he was as other men, no longer separated, had no strength, enemy prevailed. Same with us. If we lose our separation, if we lose the truth of the word, then we're weak. So for a moment, there was something else that would, uh, uh, that would defile their separation as they took a vow of a Nazarite. There was something else. Remember, they couldn't come across a dead body. If a father or somebody died, you couldn't go to the funeral. You couldn't, you couldn't be near. Uh, so, dead. That's, uh, that's even stricter conditions than uh, the priest at that day. They could not come near a, a dead person. Uh, so, as we are separated... For the service of the Lord and separated by the word, by his truth. We're not to defile a separation by coming in contact with the dead. That's what it was back there. So what, is, what does that mean, coming in contact with the dead? That mean we couldn't go to the funeral home? Is that what it means? Back there, we understand the literal back there. But what would it, what it mean to us? That, uh, that we couldn't go near the dead, that would defile our head of separation. Uh, you remember the, the Lord, and there's much more study on this, but in Luke, 
the Lord called one. Buddy, you and I were talking about this uh, before service started. When the Lord calls, you go. It's not giving honor and glory to us, but the ones he calls will go. But you remember uh, the one back there, the uh, Lord called, called the service, and, and he said, well, you know, I need to go bury my father and everything like that. And the Lord said, let the dead bury the dead. And then he says, go preach the kingdom of God. Let the dead bury the dead. Don't, don't be among the dead. But your separation is go preach the kingdom of God. The truth, the word. In other words, if he's called you into service, you're not going to go make yourself unclean and defile your separation by coming in contact with the dead. But again, does that mean we can't go to the funeral homes or anything like that? Second uh, Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6. And uh, so, so what does that what does that mean? Be separate from the from the dead. Again, we're talking about separation. That's, uh, don't forget Nazareth. Always think of all all parts of it. Separation. So. We see here, starting verse 14, a separation, where it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? So we're to be separate. Light from dark, believers, unbelievers, we're to be separate. 15, And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? We're to be separate from all that. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Buddy, there's that call again. Come out from among them. The one back in, in example there that I told you in, in Luke, uh, come follow me. Well, I gotta go. Let me go bury my father first. Let the dead bury the dead. You're to be separate from that. And there's much more teaching in that, uh, certainly. But uh, if one came in contact in the Old Testament, the Nazarite, to the dead, he become unclean. So what about one, the Lord is called into separation. He separated uh, that they were no longer really yoked together with unbelievers. He separated them from that. And we say unbelievers, that doesn't necessarily mean atheist. There are still people, oh, I believe in Jesus. And then they say he's nothing more than a cheerleader. He wants everybody to be there. It's up to you to get there. So that's unbeliever. So the Lord has called, uh, called us unto separation. Called us out of that. We're not to go back into that again. Or we would defile our separation. Be no longer separate. 
Ephesians chapter uh, uh, 5, and uh, I think is a, is a good scripture that, that helps us on this. Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, I see we're about out of time. Uh, it'd be good to read more of this. Uh, this first few verses talks about uh, you know those in, in darkness and, and evil and filthiness and foolishness and, and uh, covetousness and, and all these other things. And in verse 14, wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And I used to think this, because I always want to see, where is the impartation of life? And I thought it was here, but it's not. If you go to bed tonight and wake up in the morning, you wasn't dead tonight. This is, it says awake. Doesn't say, does, not talking about giving life, awake. So it says, wherefore he saith, awake, thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, separation, and Christ shall give thee light. Separation calls us from darkness to the light. And we're not to be unequally yoked with that darkness of unbelievers. So there's a separation here, when he, and he calls us. And it says, see, then you walk circumspectfully, not as fools, but as wise. There is a different walk. He said, well, you don't drink wine and stuff then. No, whenever he calls out darkness, and we see this, that our salvation is through God's plan of salvation, through Jesus Christ, that's a different walk than we've walked before, whenever we walk under the law of Moses. Or tried to, anyway. So he wakes us. And he commands us to separate. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So there's the commandment. And he commands, and his sheep will follow. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. So he wakes us. We were alive. But where were we living? Among the dead. So he says, awake, come out from the dead. We weren't dead. We were alive. We had spiritual life, but living among the dead. We were unequally yoked with them. But if we go back at, at that again, join ourselves with the dead and the unfruitful works of darkness, then we would defile our separation. No longer would we be separated by the truth. Uh, yeah, I see we're, we're getting long. Uh, we can read in the scriptures, uh, Paul said when I was a child, well, one, another place it says there in Corinthians, uh, be no more uh, uh, children tossed to and fro with every wind of, wind of doctrine, but speaking the truth. So don't want to be children, don't want to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, saying, well, Jesus died for everybody, and it's, it's up to, he didn't want anybody to go uh, to uh, hell. It's up to you and everything. Uh, we're not to be uh, part of that. We're not to be yoked with that. That's, and when Paul said, he also said, when I was a child, saying he was one. It says, don't be tossed to and fro 
uh, like children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. But speaking the truth, not tossed to and fro. And then another place says, when I was a child. So he's admitting that he was a child. And he says, I thought as a child, understood as a child. But when I put off the childly thing, it became a man, so to speak. When was Paul a child? The scripture has to tell us. You say, well, I don't see anything about him as a little boy. It does tell us about his childhood, not his age. But when he was a child, because he says, when I was a child, when was he a child? When was Paul a child? We were out of time, but we go to Philippians, uh, third chapter there. He says, if any other man got reason to, to, uh, to boast in law, I got more reason than everybody. So he said, of course, as a Hebrew, the Hebrew touching the law, he said uh, nobody could touch him in, in the law and everything. So that's what he used to trust in, his righteousness in the law. That's when he was a child. So Paul said, when I was a child, I thought I was a child, understood as a child. But the Lord called him out of that, called him out of the darkness into the light, called him from childhood to be an adult, called him out. Or maybe I should say this word instead of called, which you can, separate him from a child to being an adult. Separated him uh, from, from being uh, in darkness into light. Separation. Again, that's the whole thing, what the Nazarite is. It's all about separation. So the instructions for Nazarite are instructions for us that we're set apart for service of the Lord. Keep separate from the vine of the earth, earthly doctrines. We're not allowed a razor or that which would dispose of our separation to touch our head. In other words, we're to be separate. We're not to defile our separation by going back and yoking ourselves with the dead in darkness. Be separate from that. You're not allowed to go among the dead. Now, yeah, we can go to funeral homes, but not those that are dead and, and, and in darkness. We, we started out there. We were sleeping there, but he separated us from that. That's that separation. So the main meaning of the word Nazarite is to be separate. What separates us? Well, we read it. It's the word. That's part of the reason we're here tonight. The Lord calls us to come together to study, perfecting our separation, or improving our separation maybe, casting out that which would defile us. So whenever we see Nazarite in the Old Testament, does it mean anything to us in the New Testament? Oh, yes. Yes, it's to be separate, and we are as well. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.